This week on Erotic Awakening, MS Household, Castle Griffin. Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, Each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Here we are back for another podcast episode. I think we are on number 24. Yep, we're getting up there. So That's half a year of podcasting, mm-hmm. if you do it weekly. If you do it weekly, which we try to do. Which we try to do. So Did not have a podcast last week, though. No, we were at Woodstocks. Yes, we had no internet, no electricity, no running water, no food. <laughs> we had food. We had enough running water for awesome outdoor showers, too. So, and Actually, I did have my little iPhone did have internet <laughs> connectivity, and I never missed a email. In the dungeon. <laughs> so, I did not use my iPhone in the dungeon. No, but that's where you plugged up to charge up. <laughs> yes. Woodstocks was a fabulous event. If you've never been to an event with 150 kinksters before, running around, taking classes, spanking each other, visiting the sexporium hanging out with formal MS people, then you are missing out on quite a treat. Mm -hmm. And Woodstocks was all of those things, where we experienced everything from the standard kinky dungeon to some wonderful classes to sitting down and having a formal meal with formal MS households. It was just a great mix of everything. And the fact that it was camping was really neat as well. Absolutely. So the camping just really makes it being outdoors and... Just walking around and visiting people at their tents and outdoor showers and the social time outside of the dungeon during the day. And it was just a really great time. Yep, absolutely. And it's really it's really difficult to be uh, anything other than your authentic self when you're camping. That's what it seems like. So, great time there. And if you're thinking, wow, i got to get to one of these events one day, later in the show we're going to be talking to Barak and Sheba. They run an event called Adventures in Sexuality, and they're going to tell us a little bit about, the sh- about that event that's coming up in about seven weeks from the point that we're playing, that we're recording this podcast. It's uh, the weekend of September 11th and 12th, I think. So, right, and it's called COPE, Central Ohio Perversion Excursion. Yep. So, great time. And as a matter of fact, we will be uh, running that Scarlet Sanctuary there as well. And uh, we've had a lot of people recently uh, that have given us some feedback from the sacred sexuality shows that we've been doing. And we're very fortunate that we get to talk Tantra one week and blowjobs the next week. (laughs) So COPE is one of the very few events where you can have a full-sized, full-scale dungeon and they put just as much effort and energy into their sacred sexuality area as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun to do. So I'm actually really looking forward to it. So it's one of my favorite times. Absolutely. As it happens, uh, Woodstock's had just a great number of things. We've brought back a great number of interviews for you guys. We're going to start off with talking to Master Griffin of Castle mm-hmm. Griffin and his poly-educational... 
MS. Formal MS household. Outside of D.C. That's where they run that. Yep, absolutely. And uh, we will also be uh, speaking with Mistress Simone, who we got to spend some time with out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're also uh, talking to uh, the guy, Sir Rigger, and he runs the Sexporium at Woodstock's. Again, this is another one of the events where you can go from riding on a St. Andrew's cross right. to, to riding on a symbion. <laughs> so, and there was a couple of people that did that. You could hear them screaming through the night, so having their big O's. Yes. I am afraid I'm getting a little jaded at this point, though. Uh-oh. Why? Well, at uh, midnight, when you're sitting in your camper, getting ready to go to sleep, and mm-hmm. off in the woods, you hear people moaning and screaming <laughs> and enjoying and having these massive <laughs> orgasms. You know, you go, oh, man, this is fantastic. What a great life I've got. And then when that same thing happens at 2 a.m. when you are actually asleep <laughs> and you just pull the he- pillow over your head going, Jesus Christ, have an orgasm and shut up. Need sleep. Yes. It makes me wonder if I'm getting a little jaded. Maybe just a little bit. So it's awesome stuff, though. Yep. Had a great response for the classes that we taught out there as well. We mm-hmm. did uh, Slutty Sex for Real Relationships and got a lot of good feedback on that one. And that's probably one we should cover on the on the podcast here before too long. So that would be a great idea. And then the other one we did was uh, Sensual Humiliation. So that one usually goes over really well, too. Had a great time presenting that one. Yeah, absolutely. I think you enjoy that one because <laughs> a lot of the presentations is telling <coughs> stories about the sensual humiliation <laughs> things that you've encountered. Which makes me be humiliated, <laughs> which turns <Yes>. me on, <laughs> which, yeah, so that whole cycle gets going. Yeah, we're right in the middle of a uh, presentation, and we end up... We, we have our own little scene going in the middle of the presentation. So, But one of the things that I really enjoyed while we were at Woodstocks, which you touched on just a little bit ago, was the formal service that we did. Oh, absolutely. And so, yeah. For you folks here in, um, in the central Ohio area, Don and I have been talking about the formal MS house that we run. And after seeing the, the, some of the people at Woodstocks, we've really come back with a lot of a lot of energy and a mm-hmm. lot of ideas of what we can do to get uh, our formal house in a little better direction. I absolutely, think it, yeah. yeah, absolutely more energy. And it was really kind of neat. Um, I mean, we've done formal dinners and stuff before where we've done weeks of preparation and things like that and uh, had a really good time. But the way it was done at Woodstocks was in a camping environment. So everybody's got paper plates and plastic forks and, you know, styrofoam cups. And then there's the formal household that the slave has brought their real dishes and their real glasses and their real silverware and their uh, tablecloths and placemats and flowers and chocolates and just everything. And they lay out each meal for the dominance of the household. And it was amazing. So they invited us to one of their lunches. And I got to serve with Anne, and it was just, it, I, mm, I don't have words for it. It was just really awesome. But you did post a very nice summary of how it felt on our blog. Yes, I did. That, was a, that post was called Service, I think. Yes. So, and uh, yeah, just absolutely. It was one of my favorite pieces of the weekend. So being able to serve the masters and just feel that energy of being slave yeah so wonderful stuff and we do get the 
occasional feedback about the blog. And I don't think as many people look at the blog as they do the podcast. And that's fine. We're a little bit, I think we do more podcasting than we do blogging mm-hmm. as True. well. True. But it was nice to see that on there. And it was nice to see somebody respond to it and say, this really speaks to my heart. And, you know, that's probably the greatest compliment that mm-hmm. anyone can give us is that, you know, maybe, yeah, we're teaching you something or we're showing you something or we're expressing something in a good way and all that's fine, you know, but to be able to touch people's hearts. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, coming up in just a moment, we've got the interview with uh, Castle Griffin mm-hmm. and we'll speak with, with uh, Sir Griffin and Lady O and... Uh, Slave Anne and John and um, I think we talk a little bit in that too. I think we do too. And, so. I, and, and a bunny stopped by. Yes, and a bunny stopped by. So near the end, she was so shy. Yes. And uh, you'll also, um, we'll be hearing about the AIS event for a little bit in today's show. And also, uh, Great Answers come out with another book. And this one is called... It looks like Jujin. It looks like Jujin to me too. And uh, we're going to play the promo for his book as well. It looks like that is getting a lot of great feedback. Great answer is, as far as we're concerned, you know, one of the the influences for why we started podcasting. And uh, there's absolutely no hesitation on his part when I have asked, hey, you know, what kind of mixer should I buy? Or why is all my S's sounds (laughs) like that? Um, and so we really appreciate that. So uh, stick around and listen to the promo for Jujin, and then run out and get it, and then you can tell us how it is. That'd be awesome. had this this fabulous meal and even though we're out in a camping environment we had a nice tablecloth and nice plates very formal setting very formal lunch it's very nice the slaves are serving the masters let me start off by uh, asking you guys to introduce yourselves yeah my uh, I was gonna let uh, lady O go first I'm lady O I'm a peer at Castle Griffin with the Griffin family we are a leather family located in Maryland and I'm, uh, I'm uh, Sir Griffin, is what I like to be called. Uh, I'm the master of the castle or, or of our house. Um, I sometimes feel just like the figurehead because I have Lady O to make all the important decisions, uh, at least in theory. Uh, <laughs> some people say a woman's always right. Uh, my slaves tell me sometimes that I'm always right because I'm the master. But uh, we have a leather household, which includes... Uh, Anne, who uh, functions as my Deja Dobo. She'll introduce herself in just a bit. And then we have, uh, today, we have uh, someone with Lady O, and he'll introduce himself. Uh, And we also have one more in the household who's not here, and since she's not here, I'll I'll just say just a little bit about her, because she's she's not at the table. She's off serving in another capacity. Uh, And that's uh, Bunny, or Lisa, as we call her. And she's uh, directly under uh, our Major Domo, Anne, in the household, because we have a little bit of a hierarchy. But that's basically me. And, and uh, I go by Ann Goodpet. Um, I am Griffin's uh, slave, and he and I have established uh, Castle Griffin as an educational service household about three and a half years ago. 
Um, we have a leather, as already mentioned, a leather family, but we also have affiliated friends and families that are associated. We do provide a variety of services for the community, both the local community in the greater D.C. area and then also nationwide. We present and do service for different groups and stuff. Um, I do act in the capacity as the major domo for the family. Mm -hmm. nice. My name is John. I'm new to um, the BDSM scene, and uh, I am under... Lady is consideration and protection, and um, I'm learning a lot. Fantastic. Nice. You said that the household is a educational service. An educational and service-based household. Correct. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that if I want to learn how to be a good top or a good flogger, that I should come to you guys? Is that the kind of education that you provide? We provide a lot of different styles of education. Um, some of it is what we are requested to present on. So we will present at events throughout the nation. Um, but we also will, yes, I'm talking with my hands, um, we will also uh, provide services at the house. We just did a wax workshop. Somebody in the local community had asked to learn how to do wax play. So we set it up and did a weekend of wax play, teaching them how to do it, and then we had a play party where they could practice doing wax play. So it is a place where you can come to learn skills. If it's not something that we feel comfortable with, we can find somebody else in the community to come teach that skill. We also do um, a, a submissive special interest group. Mm -hmm. so, so before, she gets too, before she gets too wound up in all the things we do, <laughs> uh, and, and, and I like, I do interrupt, but uh, I think we're, we're in the D.C. area, and there's a lot of groups, and there's a lot of people that give a lot of classes, but we, we found that they that our niche is the type of classes that center around uh, more of a master-slave or and also service. Uh, the reason we call ourselves a service household is because we do formal, formal dinner-type training, and some of the classes, some of the things that just don't have classes out there, and uh, I think it's important because there are people who come to us for the type of class that's just not normally given. Anne, Anne is a very service-oriented person, and, and our household is centered around service for in a lot of reasons because of Anne's dedication to service. And part of our service is to the community in providing classes. We did do a wax pay class, which is, which is not really relationship type class, but we do two master's retreats a year, which are very on the MS and then some DS. They could be either master slave, dominant submissive, or daddy, daddy girl, daddy boy type things. And we do a submissive retreat, and Anne runs a submissive SIG. And a lot of times, even though we're talking about how submissive someone are, we get pulled into the relationship side because people see us as a leather family. We have Miss O and, and, and Bunny, and they that, so they see the poly thing, it looks like it works from the outside. When somebody sees something that works, they start asking questions. And our philosophy is we want to try and and, and, and let a few people see what it's like, maybe some of the pitfalls and, and, and the holes and the ruts in the road we've hit. And, and we get some reward out of that too because we might affect two or three people you know, on a particular workshop and they might have that, that aha moment where they, they figure out something that will work for them. They might not do it like Castle Griffin does. They might, they might say, well, this one little thing sounds pretty cool, but the rest of what they say is just not gonna work for us. 
course, and we like that because that's what we do. There's there's other people out there doing different classes, and we can cut and take. And I interrupted Ann, and that's one of my weak points that I like to do that. Uh, Ann is a, is, a, is a very good instructor and teacher in her own right, um, but uh, and that's what I have to work on. And, and it seems like every workshop we do, we have people come in, and they'll teach us something. So we're not we don't have a PhD in how to run a poly family. We don't have a PhD or, or, or any credentials other than we've we, we kind of know what doesn't work uh, in maybe a hundred different ways and maybe a couple ways that work for us and maybe from a couple other people because they shared it with us. Um, and and that's what's really cool about being in the community and supporting the community because I think we get more back from the community than we ever give them. We only give back a small amount of what we take in. Um, and unfortunately, it's not money. But we, get, we, we take in a lot of knowledge. Yeah. And, and Miss O helped us with the last uh, Dom mm -hmm. retreat, and uh, I really liked having Miss O on board. It's fun. It's fun. We I all think, have different skills. I think for us, this is my first time being in a poly household and in a leather household. And um, yes, from the outside it looks very easy and it's marvelous. And then you learn that, like any other relationship or daytime, normal life situation, there are sometimes bumps in the roads and challenges, and we work as a unit to fix them. And um, we support each other. It's what people do. And our service extends outside of the family and what people come to the castle. <laughs> our house. Um, they, they sometimes come to us or we go to an event, but we also do other type of service. Um, we will, uh, at a, one of some of the major events, we might sponsor the presenter lounge where it's a service to the event and particularly to the presenters because we present also in travel. We know how hard it is sometimes to travel and try to have all your ducks in a row. So we provide a, a lounge that has soda and coffee for them and um, office supplies and a computer and printer and place where they can go and prepare that last minute stuff for their presentation. So we will sponsor that. Um, and we also do things like chauffeur service. So when um, different people come into events, we'll pick them up at the airport and drive them to the hotel and stuff just to ease their travel because it is hard for people. Anne has a chauffeur's cap. Uh, <laughs> I make her wear the chauffeur's cap because it puts her in the right mindset and she opens the door for them. When, it, when somebody comes in from out of town and they see at the airport someone with a chauffeur hat, and the little they, they, they might actually feel guilty, you know, oh my God, is this a company? And then they realize, wait a minute, this, this might, you know, we're in public situation, but they see Ann with the chauffeur cap, she's opening the door, they get in there, they've got like uh, practically red carpet rolled out to them. And it does, it does, it opens their eyes. It's like, whoa, I thought we were in the airport. I didn't realize we were in this, this like, we're like on a cruise or, you know, something like that. Yeah. So. That sounds like a great way to give back to the community, <laughs> too. So, so, and how long have you been together? Well, I met Anne a long time ago, mm -hmm. and, and we kind of, we dated in the vanilla world. <laughs> and both of us were afraid to tell each other that we were kinky because we were kind of hot on each other. Uh, and then we drifted apart, uh, and we met each other again. And she was when I finally when when I finally came around, I guess uh, she was she was working as a house girl for a very close dominant in the community in the DC community. Okay. And uh, 
And we've been together, was it three years? We've been together now. Technically. Three and a half years. Three and a half. Um, I'm going on four. Then um, you, I was collared three, a little over three years ago. And um, we bought the house two and a half years ago. There's a, a little bit of a gray line between when Castle Griffin really started just okay. because our relationship <coughs> changed from from friends friends to I kidnapped her at an event <laughs> and, and I pushed this button in with Ann during the kidnapping because she basically exasperated me up to a point and I just I finally got dominant enough to, to get through to Ann and uh, me down. she started she started calling me uh, Sir, and she doesn't use that title with, with just anybody, just sir by itself, right. uh, at least not in that way. And, and, uh, that was four grew, years ago. We grew from there. So, so like I said, the gray line. Uh, and Lady O, how, how long? Well, this we, we celebrate an anniversary here now. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, in a way, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. I got. I like to say. I like to say. I got a really good deal on uh, Lady O, uh -huh. and I still feel that way. Mm -hmm. Works both ways. Good deal. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask one more question then, if you guys don't mind, and I'm actually gonna I'm gonna pick up Mr. Microphone and bring it over here towards John a little bit. And John, I understand you're in consideration to be part of the house. Why did you? choose to or what drew you to wanting to be part of Castle Griffin or is it more that you're just interested in, in Lady O and that's part of what part of the package it's a good complicated question thank you <laughs> and, and I do want to mention we only have two minutes of tape so if you could wrap it quickly that would be wonderful excellent um, I am um, under consideration uh, with Lady O um, so I'm uh, with Lady O I guess you would say and uh, what drew me to her was, um, I guess we met about four months ago, maybe five. Wow. Uh, so that's how new I am to the scene. And I just had walked into the door and and um, had some brief experiences with some other people in the scene. And, and Lady O was there to catch me before I fell into hell. So uh, thank you. Um, so she's been teaching me a lot about uh, the lifestyle, and one of the most important things I think she's taught me is that uh, um, relationship is extremely important, and with the relationship, communication is uh, with the primary focus, and so we work very hard. Very cool. Thank you. Well, if someone wanted to learn more about Castle Griffin, or maybe they'd like you to come out and present, or would like you to come out and set up a presenter's lounge, which by the way we would love for you to do, in case they were presenting. <laughs> or, how would they... or find information on like the submissive retreat and the dominant mm -hmm. retreat, which is yes. what I'm interested in. <laughs> okay. how, how would they find that kind of stuff? Well, we have a website, and it's uh, it's castlegriffin.com. Um, this, and and uh, also we have Ann's email, but Ann's email is on the on the website. I think the easiest way is to just send uh, find Ann's email on the website and and shoot her an email. Uh, and we also try and keep the calendar updated on the website um, and uh, for for information on the Masters Retreat. And we'll send you a, a a little brochure on it or something. We we're getting better on 
are promoting of the events, uh, but we do have to try and keep it not too big because of uh, the venue. Right. Uh, and we, speaking about too big, we're actually doing some things at the, the Crucible, which is a, a big warehouse when, when things get bigger, but our focus is actually on a smaller scale, and, uh, and, and we limit our master's and slave retreats to eight people, uh, usually. Six participants. Six participants and staff, so, so uh, that's about it. Okay. Well, fantastic. I want to thank you all very much for being interviewed today. Thank you for a wonderful lunch. The service was fantastic. I appreciate and that. Bunny has just joined us. She has an errand to run, but you want to say hi real quick? Say goodbye, Bunny. Say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>
Sullivan was front row, of course, his arms around Alan on one side and some woman Brian didn't recognize on the other. He caught sight of Vashti up in the second-level seating, her teeth flashing whitely somewhere between a predatory gleam and a merry grin. Brian got them interested, catching their eyes, then centering both physically and mentally on the stage, and started juggling. As the mylar-covered pins began to travel through the air, he got the soft murmuring, ooh, wash up onto the stage from the crowd, and a couple of people clapped. He did a couple of double-spin throws, the pins whirling up into the reddish lights, and as they came down, he suddenly swooped one up and caught it tight between his thighs. The handle jutted out phallically, and the cheers from the audience grew more raucous. He approached the mic in a lewd waddle, letting the handle waggle back and forth as though sniffing out the crowd. The laughter subsided into occasional giggles as he moved his lips closer to the stand. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you how excited I am to be here this evening. He gave the club between his legs a little extra thrust to emphasize the point, and the giggles got louder. Sullivan hooted loudly, pumping a fist in the air. Yes, that's right, I... I... A look of concern crossed Brian's face, wiping away the trickster's grin. He let his head fall, shoulders slumping, and loosened his thighs so the club fell to the floor, rolling away. He made no move to retrieve it, and let the silence grow until he could hear the hiss of the speakers. He let it grow uncomfortable for the audience, feeling their confusion and worry grow. And just before they would have started murmuring, he lifted his head. I'm sorry. I'm really, really sorry, folks, but I just can't do it. I had this whole raunchy juggling act set up, lots of jokes about the size of my club and the weight of my balls, but... I just can't do it. He let his gaze travel over the crowd. I've had, and I'm sure you'll all agree with me, a pretty amazingly crappy week. A few nervous claps rang out, but the crowd was still uneasy from his sudden seriousness. I mean, I look around at what's going on, and I find myself amazed at the union of opposites achieved by our leerless feeder in his administration. Peace through war, fight a deficit by cutting taxes... Sex education by enforced ignorance? Support our troops by cutting their benefits? He shook his head. It really makes no sense, you know. But I have found a way. I have found my own path that unites the opposites, and I am here tonight, brothers and sisters. His voice took on a deeper, more rounded tone, approaching the evangelical. I'm here tonight to share that way with you. You, my brother... He pointed suddenly at Sullivan, who stuck out his tongue. And you, my sister, he pointed at Sally, who lifted her eyebrows and sucked harder on the lollipop in her mouth, cheeks hollowing as she pumped the stick in and out lewdly. You can also find your way on the path. It is the path of freedom through bondage. There was another nervous chuckle from the crowd. And like so many of our esteemed president's cabinet, I am going to borrow from the traditional values of the states in the southern portion of our country and start you out on this path with the phrase... His voice lowered, and he moved his lips until they were almost touching the microphone. Get a rope. Continued in Jujin. Coming soon to patiobooks.com.
coming up next week. Mistress Simone, professional dominatrix. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. <laughs>